I want to look at a passage that really summarizes the gospel very tightly. It's Romans 5, verses 1 through 2. I believe this is a passage that can enable us to approach the Lord's table with total confidence, total security, and anticipation. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Father, we thank you for this, your word, and I pray that as we dig into it, uh, we would come to the Lord's table with faith to receive even more grace from you. We bless you for your generosity. You are such a gracious, loving, kind God. And uh, we continue to worship in Jesus' name. Amen. In the first four chapters of Romans, the Apostle Paul has been going over what constitutes the doctrine of justification by faith alone, through Christ's merits alone, uh, through grace alone. It's an incredibly wonderful treatise. And so the first phrase here is just harking back to all of that. He says, therefore, that therefore is looking back to the first four chapters, therefore, <clears throat> having been justified by faith. And I want you to notice uh, that this justification is in the past tense. It's done. Not like Auburn Avenue and others uh, think, Roman Catholics think that there is an ongoing progressive nature to it or that we're going to be justified at the end of time. This is past tense. It is something that was a once and for all time declaration that we stand not guilty and righteous in Christ. And before we can appreciate the, the, the significance of the Lord's table, we really need to be justified. Now, Paul had already been teaching that this involves a double imputation. There's the imputation, that's a legal credit to Christ's account of our sins, and he's punished for that. There's a second imputation of his righteousness to us. And so it's not, some people say justification means just as if I'd never sinned. It is that, that's the first part. But the second part is just as important. It's just as if we were as righteous as Jesus Christ. His righteousness is imputed uh, to us. And this is really an incredible thing that is received by faith. This means every one of us can be called saints. Uh, Roman Catholics like to misuse the term saints to refer to super holy people. And that's not adequate. It's perfectly holy people. That's what saints really refers to, perfectly holy people. And so though St. Augustine was a saint, so are you. And even if you blew up and got angry this past week, that does not change your sainthood because it is based on the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the next phrase shows the first thing that justification ushers us into. We have peace with God. Now, obviously, that includes the fact we're no longer enemies of God, <clears throat> and that's a wonderful uh, doctrine all by itself, but uh, Douglas Moo and many other commentators have pointed out that this Greek word irene uh, would be used in the Hebrew concepts because the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, is a Hebrew uh, context, and that translated the Hebrew word shalom that you've heard me use in the past. Shalom means the reversal of everything negatively impacted by the fall of Adam into sin. So what he is saying here is the moment we are justified, we have in principle restored to us 
everything that was lost. We have relationship to God. Paradise is restored to us. Godly dominion is restored to us. Health, prosperity, eternal life, all of the blessings that Joel prayed about earlier, they're restored to us in principle. Uh, the moment we are justified. And some people speak of that as definitive sanctification. It's, it's already there. We've been set apart to that. And the Lord's table is the pledge of that shalom. But this means next that justification ushers us into an unbreakable chain of events that goes all the way into eternity future. Here's the way that Romans 8 verse 30 words it. Whom he predestined, so that's eternity past, whom he predestined, he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. You can't lose your justification, as some people claim. Philippians words it this way. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, none of this is based upon our goodness. It's based upon Christ's goodness. And so the next phrase says, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Every time you come to the Lord's table, you are reaffirming the fact that you don't bring anything in your hands uh, to warrant all of the blessings he bestows upon us. Nothing in my hands I bring. But we also are affirming we have everything. We've been blessed with a bank account in heaven that we don't write enough checks on. <laughs> He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the Lord's table weekly is readjusting our focus off of ourselves and onto the Lord Jesus. Verse 2 goes on to say, through whom also, and that also is indicating he's going to be talking about something in addition to the justification in which we stand, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, we already stand in this grace or we wouldn't be justified, but that faith that justified us also continues to give us access to more grace. And we speak of this as sanctification that progressively receives more and more of the things that Christ has uh, purchased for us. There should be never a time in a Christian's life when he's not continually growing, receiving access to more grace, more grace in his life. Now, it's hard to do that if you're one of those who believes you can lose your salvation. You're always going back and getting saved over again, starting at the basics. You can't ever grow. It's there's an order here. If you are secure in your justification, you're freed up to take dominion and to serve the Lord, even if it's not perfect, because you're doing it, why? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. We joyfully pursue more grace, even though Satan will want to condemn us and say, oh yeah, you need more grace. You're such a lousy sinner. No, we look on Christ, right? And the Lord's table commits us to continuing to pursue that grace. Now, this constant access to grace will lastly cause us to persevere and make it all the way to heaven. So the last clause words it, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So Paul takes us from the beginning all the way into eternity in the future. And that can be summed up in three words, faith, hope, and love, all three of which are tugging at our hearts in the Lord's table. Now we have faith that Christ paid it all, and we're totally secure in him, and we respond in love. We're so grateful that in love, we want more and more of him. 
We want to be with him. We want to be more like him. That's sanctification. And we maintain a hope that he who has begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So come to the table with this confidence in grace. Father God, we are so grateful that our access into your kingdom, into your grace, is dependent upon Christ's faithfulness and not our own, so that we can grow in faithfulness, grow in sanctification, simply because we are constantly appropriating what Jesus Christ has already purchased for us. And so I pray that as people come to this table, it will be with a Christocentric view, uh, not discouraged, not proud, but always pressing in more and more grace that flows from your throne. So I pray that you would set aside these common elements to a holy use. You'd be glorified in our partaking, that you would bless this meal. In Jesus' name, amen.